And that was Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern confirming that the traffic light system will be no more from 11.59pm tonight. All mask-wearing requirements will be removed except in healthcare and aged care facilities. Also, only COVID-19 positive individuals required to isolate for seven days. Household contacts no longer need to. And all government vaccine mandates to end in two weeks on the 26th of September. Listen to that. And with us is Professor Professor Peter McIntyre from Otago University. His research is around the epidemiology of vaccine-preventable diseases and is a medical advisor to the Immunisation Advisory Centre, IMAC. Professor McIntyre... Kia ora, welcome to the panel. Kia ora. Big announcement this afternoon. Do you think the government has made the right call? Yes, I do. I think they've got. Um, I think they've got the balance right for where we are. Um, and uh, you know, the, the key message of removing mandation and saying we don't need that anymore, but uh, to respect and understand the choices of those who, on the one hand, wish to take advantage of that, on the other hand, feel that they're more comfortable continuing with masks and other measures, that, you know, being tolerant and accepting of that divergence of uh, attitudes and positions that there's going to be, but no longer having the mandation. And um, putting things in place to uh, support people who may still be vulnerable to severe COVID, even despite having being fully vaccinated uh, by expanding the availability of antivirals. And I think that, that those two messages, that we really want to ensure that people who are still vulnerable to severe disease are protected as far as we possibly can, and, and the second message about no longer needing mandation, mm. um, I think they're both very good messages. Yes, because there has been some real concern, hasn't there? And really some pushback from those in disability sectors uh, <coughs> about the restrictions. I mean, what would you say to them? Well, the, well I think I totally understand that. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and I think many of us, uh, many, many people in, across the community have, have uh, been left feeling vulnerable. And of course, one of the, one of the tragedies of COVID has been that it's, it's uh, shone a bright light on all the parts of society which are more vulnerable and are less well supported. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's targeted them to a greater degree than, uh, than others. And we have to understand and respect that. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think, as I, <clears throat> I didn't hear all the Prime Minister's statement, but I think what she was um, implying is that uh, now with a highly vaccinated community, many of whom have also had infection, and the two work together, if you're vaccinated and infected, that's even more powerful protection that we're in a different space and requiring um, mandating mask wearing, although it may give the illusion of, of greater security, that that's uh, not really the case. And, um, mm. and, and, and you know, it's, it's not going to, you know, having... Having uh, mandation expanded, having mandation continue, is, it, it's not going to protect our vulnerable people. We still need to be protecting them by mask wearing in vulnerable situations and by availability of ready availability of antivirals. But, uh, but uh, we're kidding ourselves if we think that widespread mask wearing is going to achieve that.
Okay, interesting. Um, we'll have, well, let's bring our panel, Tia Wheeler. Uh, what about you? I mean, pretty significant announcement today. And so, actually, psychologically, you're near three years uh, and still ongoing, but, um, you know, some pretty big announcements today that the traffic light system will be no more from midnight uh, tonight. How are you feeling about it? And are you personally comfortable about having restrictions lifted, Tia Wheeler? Um, I suppose it's sort of in two minds. I, I think it's nice to hear that we're kind of moving away or into some, into a different stage, perhaps, of the pandemic. Um, it's been a pretty long three years, and I think there's probably a sigh of relief that, that she's given that message. Um, also, that, you know, there's that element of um, not really knowing what's next. We seem to be doing pretty well at the moment. Borders are open, case numbers are down. Um, there's a bit of hope there, I suppose. <laughs> mm. Steve, and what about you? I mean, you're in the education sphere. What concerns, if any, do you have? Well, I mean, I, I have huge mixed feelings about this. Um, I, you know, I, I spend my days professionally in somewhat enclosed rooms with with people I don't know terribly well, uh, and I've, I've found enormous comfort in in knowing that the that masks were mandated. Uh, on the one hand, the thought that you know, if this means the pandemic's pretty much over, then that that's that's wonderful and that's fantastic. But does it though? I'm, I'm really concerned that um, that we've basically decided the pandemic is over when i'm not really sure it is yeah how would you respond to that uh peter uh, well no i think it's absolutely true that the pandemic isn't over in the sense that you know this virus is with us and it's going to continue to be with us uh, i think what is over is the concern uh about you know many people being vulnerable to severe illness which was really i guess what was driving um, all the measures that have been taken, and they've been very successful measures in New Zealand to protect to protect people against severe disease. And now that spectre of severe disease, I think, is not entirely, and we do have to bear in mind that there are still some groups vulnerable to that. But I think in educational settings, you know, school kids, university students, they're not vulnerable to severe disease. Um, and uh, however, they have been adversely impacted on by the so sort of social restrictions that mask wearing and, and other provisions have placed on them. So, so it's getting that balance right. And, and you know, it's not 100% one way or 100% the other. But I think, I think saying we can move that balance towards um, being able with low-risk people in low-risk settings to behave differently to how we behave with high-risk people in high-risk settings. We're starting to differentiate that and saying that we can, we can adjust our behaviour. Someone says here, um, Professor McIntyre, but what about long COVID? Yes, well, long COVID is something which I guess has been hanging over as a risk. You know, that there have been suggestions in some quarters that, um, you know, there, there, there could be something, you know, uh, up around 20% of people with long COVID and it could happen after even mild infection. And, and to be honest, I, I, I don't think the data is showing that. I think, um, uh, I think we've got confused between what we saw in the pre-vaccine era when um, people who had been severely ill in hospital had prolonged symptoms. We've got confused between that and what we're seeing now, which is um, people who are fully vaccinated um, and uh, encountering the virus and having a very different experience. And I think there's it's slow, but there's more and more data coming through to show with Omicron and with full vaccination, particularly full vaccination and boosting, 
that the risks of prolonged symptoms um, have really diminished a lot and that although as with many other viruses you can get some people will get prolonged symptoms that it's not it's not something that I think we need to be living in fear of um, I, I don't think you know in that vaccinated uh, protected situation it's not nearly so much of an issue could, could I sorry sorry yeah, Wallace, going, I just, no, no, I just wanted to um, pick up on something that Stephen said as well um, but I, I do think that we're moving into a next phase and the reality is that we can't all um this is where it's going to get hard we've seen through the last parts past three years that we probably don't do nuance that well when it comes to the response but i think there's other things like around working in areas which which aren't well ventilated i would really like to see sort of the response to the pandemic shift to where we are now looking because we know not everyone's going to be wearing masks and a lot of people don't want to be wearing them. So why don't we look at some of those more long-term yeah. measures like ventilating those spaces and perhaps more vigilance around the messaging of who needs to be taking rats so that, you know, as fast as possible that you are, that you, you know, you are positive and you should be at home and not in the workplace mm -hmm. or not at school. Um, I just think we just sort of need a shift, but also mindful that not everyone, you know, that puts, a good chunk of the population is still going to be quite vulnerable. So, yeah, it's about doing, it's about moving forward, but yeah, just trying yeah. to shift where we're looking at, yeah. Kia pai Peter. Thank you very much. That's Professor Peter McIntyre from Otago, uh, and he's a medical advisor to the Immunisation Advisory Centre there. On the announcement this afternoon, confirming that the traffic light system will be no more from 1159 p.m. tonight and all mask wearing requirements will be removed except in healthcare and aged care facilities but of course you can wear your mask if you still uh, wish to. People are coming through saying they will still wear them on public transport for example. Okay so New Zealand will mark the passing of Queen Elizabeth II with a state memorial service and one off public holiday on Monday the 26th of September. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has announced, uh, quoting the State Memorial Service, will be held in Wellington Cathedral of St Paul on the same day, Monday 26th of September, and will be televised and live-streamed. Both National and the Greens said they would support a public holiday, not act though. David Seymour estimated the day would cost businesses $450 million. Uh, now, we've just had a result, we'll announce a huge response to this, we'll announce the poll right now. 50, very close, 53% of you were for the public holiday, 40%, 47% against a public holiday. To discuss is Chris Wilkinson, Managing Director of Consultancy Company First Retail Group. Kia ora, Chris, thank you for waiting. Kia ora. Well, pretty, panel poll, pretty close, 53, uh, 4, 47 against. Do you support it? Yeah, look, I'm supportive. I think, you know, read the market and uh, what we see is that uh, there is that sense that, that people are wanting to, to mark this. It's a special event in, in, in all our lifetimes. And uh, this is really a time when, um, you know, that needs to come first, I think. Well, I am reading the market. I'm reading the, uh, the, the, the public sphere, if you like, regarding uh, you know, our non-scientific poll. Nonetheless, what is clear is that a lot of those people against are actually people who, you can see it right here, in small businesses. And echoing Mandy Lusk from Auckland uh, Restaurant Vivace, she's saying that public holidays killed the central city because it emptied out. Here we go. 
another one. Yeah. So, yes, she did. And, and she, she was talking about a Friday there. Now, I see that the government's been quite strategic in making it a Monday. A Monday is a day when a lot of those appointment businesses, whether they be hair salons or uh, restaurants, won't be open um, or will have lower capacities. So I'm guessing there has been some recognition of that through that, uh, that date determination. Yeah. Tia support or not? <laughs> Oh, look, I really feel for those businesses that are actually just saying that um, it's just an impractical an impractical thing to do right now. And so I probably, um, I personally won't be going to a memorial service or sort of marking, you know, having that public holiday for that reason. So I'd probably have to say based on that, it's not really, a you know, I don't support having it. It's a no. Tiawila Fuotai, it's a no. I love, I love a holiday, though, but... <laughs> just not this one. I don't one. know if it's, yeah. 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 Well, it just doesn't sound like it's practical for so many people who have really found the last three years quite tough. Chris? Yeah, look, I think, you know, we talk about the costs that, that Act have mentioned, but the cost of Matariki was uh, estimated at 4.43, and yet the corresponding benefit it was calculated between 3.10 and 4.69. I think we could end up with... Um, a, be, a better side of the ledger for this. Steve McCabe, it's a note from Tiwela. What about you? Well, first of all, I would like to point out that the, the, that ballot is, is, is more decisive than the Brexit ballot, so I think it was pretty binding. <laughs> um, but I, 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 think, I think one thing we're glossing over here is the fact that this is a one-off. We're not setting a precedent. You can't really compare it with Matariki. It's, it's not going to happen again anytime soon. Um, and I do get the feeling, like we've been saying, that there's a lot of people in this country who, who would welcome uh, the opportunity to, to farewell the Queen. There's going to be like we said, you know, uh, a reading of the room suggests that this this will be well received. We're not doing this every year. Let's just do it. So it's a it's a yes from Steve. Tuiela says no. Opposite sides of the ledger here, Chris. And I guess uh, let's just face it. Let's just face it. You can imagine the outcry if Australia goes in here goes ahead has a public holiday and New Zealand doesn't. Absolutely. That's exactly right. I mean, Australia's chosen a Thursday for theirs. So what's that <laughs> going to do to the Friday? <laughs> hey, at least at least we're going to make it a three-day weekend. And, and, and again, you know, we've talked about it in the media. We know that businesses will benefit. People will be out in their gardens. They'll be in their homes. They'll be spending time with their families, just as we saw the Matariki, which was actually quite good for business. Now, we don't know whether businesses will be able to open or not. And I see that still being worked through in Australia at this stage. Chris Wilkinson there, Managing Director. I, I would add an, so a quick detail I would add, though, is I think anybody who is a self-proclaimed Republican is not allowed to take this holiday. They, they need to be in work. <laughs> okay, so they've got to work. Uh, you've got to have a tick box. You've maybe got a sort of a, um, a, a login on um, a, um, not a COVID app, but a Queen's Memorial app. Uh, and decide where you are. Just on that, before we uh, get into the headlines, can I just um, because we we you know the panel took the uh, uh, took the day off uh, when the death was announced uh, on the Friday. Um, in terms of where you sit regarding your feelings around the Queen, I mean, Steve, how 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 have your thoughts been uh, around the Queen's death, the passing, and uh, King Charles the uh, Third being appointed? King. Well, I mean, I know it sounds like a fatuous comment, but you know, I, I obviously didn't know her. It, it, 
it doesn't affect me in the same way that say the death of a family member would but it does feel like like something has changed there's going to be a different mood within the country um this this is the woman who's been the the head of state for certainly my entire life um it's 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 something that has been you know what felt like an absolute constant thread through our lives has 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 broken and it just it, it feels like um a change it just doesn't feel comfortable T. Wheeler? uh yeah i mean for my whole life she's been there um i think it's a good conversation to see where the next stage of this uh our relationship with the British monarchy is in terms of Aotearoa. I'd be interested in, in seeing where that conversation goes over the next few years. And I'm sure we'll be having those conversations uh, in time. Huh? Uh, by the at way, the thank, appropriate time. At yeah. the appropriate time. <laughs> and by the way, thank you so much for uh, all your feedback on this. And just reiterating there, we had a poll result uh, whether you support this uh, public holiday with the passing of Queen Elizabeth II with a state memorial service. 53% of you said yes, you're for the holiday. And 40%, 47% said no, you don't want it.